Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. We're in for a real treat today as my brother Joshua Kohler comes to teach. Joshua is a great guy. He really is. And I'm proud to introduce him to the Valley Point family. Joshua is one of my younger brothers. I have two. He's one of them. He lives in the southwest suburbs of Chicago and serves as the children's pastor at Manuka Bible Church, and he's been there for a little over three years now. Joshua and I had the chance to work together for about five years at Grace Bible Church in the southwest suburbs of Chicago. He eventually moved on to a new church, and then I moved here to Valley Point, but those were special years when we got to serve together. Here's what you need to know about Joshua. He is passionate, funny, creative, and a very hard worker. And I believe he excels at helping people see Jesus and fall in love with him and fall in love with the church. And I've enjoyed watching him grow, mature, and become an exceptional pastor. Joshua has been married to his wife, Abby, for 18 years. They have four children, three girls and one boy, ranging in age from 15 to 6. Joshua, it's great to have you here at Valley Point in our new home for the very first time. Will you help me welcome my brother, Joshua Kohler? Thank you. Well, thank you. It's great to be here this morning. This, uh, this is an amazing place, right? Last time I was here, uh, there were no doors, windows, and it was all concrete floors. So this is spectacular. And it's great to be here. Uh, I, I am so grateful and thankful for this opportunity to speak today. And we're going to have a great time together. But To get a couple things out of the way first, uh, can I assume this morning we're all Bears fans today? Ah, yes, yes. So bear down. So uh, Khalil Mack and company, right, uh, I feel are going to have a strong day today and they're going to show some brotherly love and uh, love on you Philadelphia fans as well. So you're welcome in advance for that and uh, all, all of that. That picture was my uncle, uh, not Khalil Mack. He's, my uncle's only five, 600 pounds, so he won't scare anyone, but Khalil Mack sure will. So uh, it's going to be uh, a very exciting day for us uh, sports fans indeed. So now I don't know about you, but uh, are, are you excited that the shopping days for Christmas are finally over. How about uh, you can finally take that deep breath, right, and relax a little bit. All those shopping days for that hard-to-find-for person on your list are done, right? And normally uh, that hard-to-find-for person on our list is usually our dads, right? For whatever reason, they're just hard to buy for. But Black Friday's over, Cyber Monday's gone, right? And now we don't have to worry about it until next Christmas season. And that is very, very awesome. Well, in my searching for that perfect gift, I stumbled across this book called The Worst Case Scenario Survival Handbook. 
extreme edition, right? So it's not just a survival handbook. Now it's extreme. And it instantly caught my attention. So I began flipping through the pages of this book, and I couldn't believe that an entire book was totally dedicated to some of the most bizarre, crazy experiences that a person could have. But it's in this book. To give you an idea, let me, let me just read, read a couple to you here. Uh, okay, here's a good one. Uh, how to escape from an angry gorilla. So as you're downtown Philly, take note. How about evaluate the gorilla's behavior? Do not react. Be submissive. And watch for a bluff charge. So as Tarzan is standing in front of you, if he fakes right, don't go left, right? Crazy. All right, one one more just to give you an idea of how crazy this is. All right, Uh, this one is how to survive if you are stranded on an iceberg. Good to know. Construct a shelter. Well, that's great. Now I have to go on YouTube to figure that out. Uh, Melt snow and ice to make water. Uh, Cross icebergs to get closer to land. Now, maybe the uh, people on the Titanic would appreciate that, but it's just a little weird for me. But these are bizarre, right? Now, the odds of you or I facing one of these is extremely remote. Probably not going to happen. But your worst case scenario may not be found in the pages of this book, right? But we all have them. We all have those worst case scenario fears that keep us up at night. You may fear losing your job or failing a test. Maybe you fear being alone, not finding that person to spend the rest of your life with or losing the person that you're you're spending the rest of your life with. You might fear losing your health. The news report, the email in your inbox, the incoming text, your Facebook newsfeed all bring reasons for us to fear. So Valley Point, the question this morning is, what is your worst case scenario? What is your biggest fear this morning? You and I don't have to head to Amazon and look up books or go to our favorite reading store to pick up some reading materials on our fears. Because the Bible this morning has a lot to say about dealing with our fears. As a matter of fact, the idea of not being afraid is mentioned in the Bible quite a bit. In the Old Testament, it's mentioned around 90 times. If we jump over to the New Testament, it's mentioned around 27 times. So God knew that we would experience those worst case scenarios, those moments that would keep us up at night, right? Those moments that would overwhelm us with fear. God knew that. So this morning, I want to look at a very powerful, I believe the most powerful fear not passage in all of scripture. So if you have your Bible or device or whatever you read scripture on, turn to Isaiah chapter 41 this morning. Isaiah chapter 41, and we're going to focus on verses 10 through 13. 
And as we read, we're going to focus in and we're going to examine four promises this morning that will move us towards a fear not life. As you're turning to Isaiah chapter 41, let me give you a little background about about what's happening in this chapter. Isaiah here is addressing the uh, Judean who are in exile in Babylon, right? So they're caught. They're in a tough spot. And these people are overwhelmed with fear. It's consuming them at this point because they've never been in a situation like this. As a matter of fact, they lived in a land that was free. They didn't have to worry about enemies and attacks. Life was good. And they thought, hey, I serve the living God. Nothing is going to happen to me. But in this section of Isaiah, God assures them that unlike the surrounding armies around them, they had nothing to fear because God was with them. God had not abandoned them. And as a matter of fact, he's going to use their story as active participants uh, throughout, throughout Scripture. So that brings us to Isaiah chapter 41, verses 10 through 13. So the first promise that will move us this morning towards a fear-not life is the promise of his presence. Notice with me what verse 10 says. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. So we have the promise this morning of his presence. We can take courage this morning because God will be with us. That's amazing. And God promises here that his presence in our life is going to be constant. We understand that God is with us at all times. There's not a moment that we are without God. Matthew 28, 20 says, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We also know that God will never leave us. Joshua 1, 5 says that God will never leave us or forsake us. This morning we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit who is at work in and throughout our life. But God is also with us in every aspect of our life as well. We know that we are never, ever without God's help. God is actively involved in every detail of our life. He's shaping events and he's shaping circumstances to bring about his purpose for our life. Not shaping events and circumstances to bring about your purpose, but to bring about his purpose. His presence in our life guarantees us strength. And God's strength is readily available for us at any moment to withstand any suffering that we might face, big or small. And all we have to do is tap into the strength of God this morning to endure any trial that we might face. I learned about God's strength uh, in in a pretty big time way for me uh, in my junior high years. Now, junior high years are goofy enough, right? They're weird and they're awkward. Well, it was no different for me. But in my junior high years, on top of all that, I came down with with a pretty, at the time, pretty serious health issue. And I remember during that season of my life, the fear that I've never experienced up to that point 
that was starting to consume me and starting to scare me. The health issue I had was that my, my head began to just shake. No warning, nothing like that, just did that. So now, not only is junior high weird and awkward, now my head is like a bobblehead, right? And so now it's really goofy. I've taken it to another level. And so going to the doctors and through x-rays and exams and all that, it was a very scary time in my life. But I remember through that time that I also, through family and friends, uh, really relied on the strength of God to get me through that suffering in my life. And I did it. And, and, and I could really feel the strength of God in my life. See, when we stand firm on the foundation that God is with us, we're not going to be overwhelmed by our fear. We may, it may still be there, but it's not going to overwhelm us. So when the doctor calls with those test results, you're not going to be overwhelmed by fear. When the boss calls you in for that important meeting, right? (laughs) You can choose to fear not. When there's not enough in the account to pay next month's bills, you're not going to be controlled by the emotions of fear. And when your marriage is struggling, you're not going to let fear control your actions or your attitude. And for you, when the news report is unsettling, right? You can determine not to fear. So when life circumstances seem to overwhelm you and you feel like you're drowning in fear, we can lean into God's constant presence that is always there, always. The first promise that will move us towards a fear not life is the promise of his presence. But the second promise that will move us towards a fear not life is the promise of his power. Notice with me again, verse 10, it says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So God's power exceeds any threat of this world, big or small. God promises Israel here that along with his presence comes his powerful hand. So when we have a small view of God, we're going to have a great big view of our fear. Because God is going to seem like he's that small. Where is he? What is he doing? Our fears are going to seem like they're mounting and mounting and they're too overwhelming. And we're not going to have any courage to face those fears. But when we have a great big view of our God, our fears are going to seem very small, right? As our perspective of God and his power changes, our fears are going to diminish, right? Because we're going to grasp how big God really is. And our courage is going to be strengthened to face the fears that we might have in our life. And the very fear that threatened to take you down It's going to seem insignificant in the light of what God can do. So the solution to the fears of this world is to have a reverential fear of our God. Over and over in scripture, 
we see the mighty acts of God's powerful hand. As a matter of fact, these are some of the very first stories that we teach our children. How about when God parted the Red Sea? Wow, that's God's powerful hand on display. Or how about when Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho seven times and they give a shout and they all come down, right? Wow, that's God's powerful hand on display. And we see that over and over in Scripture. So the second promise that will move us towards a fear not life is the promise of his power. The third promise that will move us towards a fear not life is the promise of his protection. So when we trust in God's presence and power, we are not only delivered from our fears, we are delivered from the source of those fears. And the source of those fears are our enemies. Notice with me verses 11 and 12, it says this, behold, all who are incensed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. Those who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. You shall seek those who contend with you, but you shall not find them. Those who war against you shall be as nothing at all. So right here, God promises the destruction of those who use fear as a weapon against us. These verses also make specific promises of God's protection and defense in our life. Israel's enemies here uh, in this chapter were as nothing in the presence of God. So God's going to take an active role. He's not going to sit back and let you handle things, but he's going to take an active role in the defense of his people. Romans chapter 12, verse 19 says this, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So God is the one who's going to give us the ultimate victory over our supreme enemies of Satan and sin. He's the one. And though we live in the enemy's hostile territory, which is this world, right? We can fear not. Because Jesus has defeated the enemy. And God did that when he sent his only son to die on a cross for your sin and for mine. And by Christ's death on the cross, it eliminates the power that Satan has over you and over me. John 16, says, I have said these things to you that in me, in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So while Satan may win a battle or two, right? He's not going to win the war because we are protected. My daughter, Felicity, uh, is, loves gymnastics. Her first competition is actually coming up the end of January, which we are excited about. And she has been working really hard in preparation for this. So we decided to help her out uh, with her practices that we would set up a, a little gym down in our basement to help. And she loves working on the beam and all of those other things that come along with gymnastics, right? So uh, oftentimes I am there to help her as a spotter. So as she's flipping and doing half circles and all, all those crazy things, I am there just in case I need to catch her. 
She does a great job. But I am there to help and protect. Well, God's protection plan goes so much further than the protection of our bodies and our agendas and the plans for our life. God's protection plan includes all things, the big things in our life, the very small things, right? So when the world, the world appears to be spinning out of control, it's not. We can choose to fear not because we are protected. The final promise that will move us towards a fear not life is the promise of his provision. Let's read verse 13. It says this, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. So God himself promises to provide his help. He doesn't know a guy and will send a guy to help, right? He's there to provide his help. God is going to come alongside you and offer his helping hand. Verse 10 pictures God using his righteous right hand to uphold us. And then in verse 13, it parallels this image with the Father's powerful hand, which can also defeat any enemy that we come up against. But God's powerful hand not only protects us, but it also helps us, right? So God is going to take hold of our right hand. And while God upholds us and he protects us with his right hand, he's going to take his left hand and he's going to hold the right hand of his child. This is a beautiful picture here in this passage of a father-child relationship. How the parent takes the hand of his child. They're going to roll up their sleeves, right? And they're going to provide the help that his son or his daughter needs. So it's, it's a great picture. God taking his right hand and he's helping and protecting, but he's taking his left hand and he's reaching out and he wants to take the right hand of his child and say, fear not, I will help you. It's a beautiful picture. So no matter what we face in life, no matter what we come up against, right? We can endure and we can overcome when we rely on the helping hand that God offers. So before we ever have a reason to fear, God has sovereignly prepared a custom-made solution for us. And that's to take the helping hand that God offers. But oftentimes, we'd like to exclude God. Oftentimes, we'd like to push God away from, from our troubles. I can handle it this time. I'm not sure if you know how to do this. And we push him away. And so we compound the problem by self-medicating our fears. We hide our fears behind angry outbursts and controlling behaviors. Or we withdraw. And totally want to be by ourselves and don't want to be around anybody. Or we use drugs and alcohol to avoid the pain. Oftentimes we just work, work, and work to try and distract ourselves from the pain. And we end up subjecting ourselves to a fear-filled life. And all while this is happening, God is standing right there 
God is standing right next to us, offering his helping hand. God's help is always enough. Always. Just as God did not abandon Israel in Isaiah chapter 41, he's not going to abandon you. He's not going to abandon me. And we can trust God because this morning we have the promise. We have the promise right here in Isaiah 41 of his presence, his power, his protection, and his provision. As we close this morning, Satan wants to keep you in a place of fear. Because if he can keep you in a place of fear, you can do nothing big for God's kingdom. And that's exactly what he wants. So how can we fight that? Takeaway number one. The first thing that we can do is study one of the many verses about fear and commit one of these to memory. One of these verses that we even looked at today, right? I would recommend Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. An excellent verse. So when fear comes in your life, big or small, we can quote scripture and fight off that fear so it doesn't overwhelm us. Life verse is coming up again for Valley Point Church. And I would encourage you, maybe one of these verses that we looked at today could be your life verse about fear not as we head into 2019. Second takeaway, keep a record of the powerful ways that God works in your life and recall them often. Some of you like to journal, write it down. How are the powerful ways God has worked in your life to help fight the fears that you might be facing? Or maybe some of you like to blog. Or some of you like to draw. Right? Draw it out. Write it out. So that way when fear comes up, you can look in your rear view mirror and you can recount the faithfulness of God in your life during those times. How about pinpoint your worst case scenario fears and create a personal action plan of dealing with those fears? How about a personal action plan of prayer? Pray, pray, pray. Not just when the fear is heavy upon you, but way before that. Pray, pray, pray. How about a personal action plan of reading your Bible on a daily basis? Again, not just when that fear pops up, But you're reading it on a daily basis. So you have God's word in your heart. So when it does, you're ready to fight. How about a personal action plan of attending church more faithfully, right? Or joining a small group right here at Valley Point. So you can gather around other Christ followers who can help you and encourage you. And maybe have walked through the same fears as you. This morning, we have the promise. We have the promise of God's presence, power, protection, and provision right here in Isaiah chapter 41. So Valley Point, as we end 2018, you might still be hanging on to some fear. 
the Bible says, fear not. Maybe as we head into 2019, you foresee some fears that are coming. Ah, but now we have what it takes to face all of those fears because we have God's presence, his power, his protection, and his provision. So in 2019, we can live a fear not life. I pray, Valley Point, that you claim that promise this morning. Let's pray. You might be here this morning, and your biggest fear is you do not know where you will spend eternity. And that fear is living large in your life today. Before you leave here today, you can get rid of that fear. And that's by placing your trust in Christ and Christ alone to save you from your sin. And it's a simple prayer of salvation that says, God, please forgive me for I have sinned. Please come into my life and save me from that sin. I surrender my life to you. And by making that commitment this morning, you can get rid of that fear of where you will spend eternity. God, we thank you for your word this morning. And God, I pray that every one of us here today will claim that promise. That we can live a fearless life. God, I pray as we head into 2019, God, that we will love you, serve you, and know that no matter what we're facing, you're standing right next to us, offering your helping hand. God, thanks for Valley Point Church today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.